Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by Vanessa Bayer to talk all about her Showtime series, I Love That For You, with which she plays Joanna and is also the co-creator and executive producer of the series. And, you know, you've you've had such a lifelong love of QVC and shopping channels and grew up, you know, utterly adoring watching them, really connecting to a lot of the hosts. And so when it came to writing a lot of the elements in terms of the behind the scenes that goes into this character and into a lot of the storylines, what were a lot of the aspects that you already just had such a keen sense of from your own experience in production of what that might be like in the shopping world space? And then what were some of the aspects that really came out of that from touring QVC and being able to talk to some of the hosts, talk to a lot of people that work in the behind the scenes of that world? One of the things that I found really interesting was, you know, what the hosts are dealing with, because just seeing, just talking to them and seeing them in their studios, you know, and everything, like they're looking at one monitor that's showing what they're currently doing. They're looking at another monitor that's showing what they're about to be, you know, showing on TV. And so they have to sort of like make sure that they're keeping up with that. And then also in their ear, they're hearing like what's selling out, what they need to be selling more of and all of it. And they make it look so easy that you wouldn't know that it's sort of, it, they're doing a million things at once, but they are doing a million things at once. And that was really interesting to see. And in terms of, of a lot of the language of the show, again, it sounds like that's a space that from watching it so much that you really understood what that language of salesmanship is, the type of connection, the stories, you know, even just the idea of like selling a bracelet with the promise of the events that you're going to go to where you're going to need this bracelet to attend these sorts of events that we see in the show. Um, but, but you also kind of take it one step further in the creation of this show in that it's not just writing your character, Joanna, and thinking about her connection to the audience and her stories. It's about every single one of the presenters and they've all got their own technique and their own stylistic approach. And so how did you work to really make sure they each had these unique stories and these unique styles of connection and, and these diff slightly different inflections of language while still being within the same world? Yeah, I mean, we really just wanted it to be, you know, above all else, be a comedy. And we wanted it to be obviously very grounded in everything, but we wanted to have these like really rich characters who have their own like very layered experiences and lives and everything. And so um, and so I think, you know, it's really interesting when you talk about like the language of the show, because um, I, I found that like getting into the selling of it after watching it so much as a kid was like so easy because it was like there's just certain ways that these hosts speak and there's some of it is very universal to them um, and the way that they like touch the products and the way they show the products and everything. But, you know, all of these home shopping networks sort of have their have these different you know, hosts that are very well known for, for sort of having their different personalities. And that's kind of what we wanted to show with our characters and just show that like, you know, in the same way that the products are sold because there's like stories surrounding the products that these hosts have their own stories. And a lot of times those things kind of mesh together because a lot of times something that we found that was really, really funny and endearing about home shopping is that the hosts, because they're talking and talking and talking and have to fill so much time, they start to sort of talk about their own lives and that sort of becomes part of the sale. And, and it's really, sometimes they say stuff that maybe if they weren't on live TV and maybe if they didn't have to talk for such a long time, they wouldn't have maybe said about their lives, but it was really fun for us to think about what are their lives? What are they talking about? What are they, what are they sort of portraying their lives to be and using that to sell products with? So it kind of was organic because there's so many stories surrounding the products that there should be like a lot of stories and a lot of different um, kind of identities to the host. 
And, you know, when we, when we get to see your character on screen for the first time, you know, when she auditions, we already get that sense of she knows exactly what this is. She's been living in this space in her head for years. And so, of course, she's the person that gets hired out of everybody because she's so immediately connected to it. And to the point where then when she messes up, it feels like it's a mistake that is a fireable offense because it obviously affected sales, but there's still a redeemable element when she tells the lie. And so how did you, how did you find that line in that space of how far can she mess up where we know that when she tells this lie and says that she has cancer, that she would be hired back and there would be kind of a redeemable quality to it for her boss's perspective. So we want Joanna to be, you know, this really likable character. We want the audience to always be rooting for her, but you know, sometimes good people don't make good decisions. And that's sort of something that we're like playing around with and, and where a lot of the comedy of this show comes from. And, you know, I think that there's something, you know, she, she in the moment tells this really serious lie um, to save her job. And, and there's like a part of her, because there's a part of her that knows like she can do this. She has the skill set to do this. She just needs like some more time to prove it. And so, you know, I don't think she necessarily thinks about all of the repercussions that could come from that. But I think we, we, we have a good time sort of playing with like, this is a good person. Is she always making good decisions? Maybe not. Do you always root for her? Hopefully. And that some of that is taken from my life in the sense that like, because I always smile a lot, <laughs> just my nature. And I'm generally in a pretty good mood. Um, I've been able to like get away with stuff in my life and, and, you know, like, and sort of like skate through some situations because of that. And so playing with that, I think has been a really big part of the fun and the comedy of the show. So hopefully you're still rooting for Joanna, but you know, wouldn't always agree with her choices. I mean, you, you are. And also part of that's because of the inflection in your performance in the moment where she does tell the lie, because you really kind of capture some of that internal, like, should I say this? Should I not? I feel like I'm making a mistake, even though, like you said, she obviously hasn't thought through the entire ramifications of what it's going to mean to right. sustain that. Was it important to you that, that you kind of show that, that almost like remorse already in the moment of like, am I really saying this out loud so that the audience are really with her in that moment? Yeah. I mean, I think we definitely didn't want her to seem like this calculating kind of conniving person who's like coming in. I mean, she comes into that meeting. I think she has no idea that she's even getting fired. And then it's just sort of like the, this instinct she has. It's almost like this muscle memory from when she was a kid and she would say that she was sick and then she would sort of get whatever she wanted. Sort of like she has that muscle memory again and is sort of like, oh, this this can help me in this situation. And it does. Um, but of course, then she has to deal with all of the repercussions of like keeping this light going. I mean, it also feels like, you know, whenever anybody says that they're sick, it changes the energy in the room. It changes how people respond to them. Um, and so did you want to have the, like those kind of like small playful moments where it feels like things aren't going her way and she just knows if she kind of leans into it a little bit more that it's going to change the energy. But it's, it's, it's also interesting because a lot of it's sympathy, but then you've got people like Beth Ann who get jealous of the attention that she's getting. So it changes the energy in different ways for different people. Right. Totally. And I do think that that's like something that Joanna is using is she's like, I know that if I use this, this cancer thing, I'm going to like, sort of be, be like the most, um, you know, it's going to get me this attention and it's going to kind of get me what I want. And that, you know, obviously like this, or, well, I don't know if people know this or not, but a lot of the show is mostly inspired by my life. And that is something that I experienced. Like when I was in high school, I had leukemia and everybody knew about it. But then when I went to college, people didn't know about it, but if I would bring it up, it would be like all eyes are on me. And as someone who's, you know, now an actor, I obviously love attention. And I, um, 
I'll, I, you know, I would like sort of use that to my advantage. And I still, you know, there have been instances when like, you know, it's come up and I feel like when I'm talking about my experience with childhood leukemia, like I am like the, you know, like, like I have, you know, all eyes on me and everyone's like, so interested in this thing about me where, you know, we all want to feel, and that's a big theme of this show too, is just that we all want to feel like people are interested in us and that we're special and stuff. So I think Joanna, to come back to, to what we were talking about, I think she does realize that this is, um, that this is something that's going to gain her attention and not always necessarily positive from everybody. Like obviously Beth Ann's reaction is not positive, but that those people, if they're open about not not giving, uh, if those people are open about their reactions not being positive, then everyone will kind of view them as villains. <laughs> so they have to sort of keep it to themselves. You know, and, and within some of the aspects that you wanted to bring into the show from your own experience as well, you know, some of that feels like the elements of what does it mean to have been in hospitals versus like in school going through certain experiences. And so we get to see that through, you know, her lack of ability to flirt because she wasn't at school kind of getting to have that dynamic with, with the boys around her. And it's something that she has a real ineptitude that you're really playing into the comedic space of in the show, you know, like her trying to lean on a car and, and look alluring and then really not achieving it. You know, what, what were some of the spaces that you wanted Joanna to just have a little bit less experience than she would at her age because of that. And because of those elements of her as a character. Yeah, I think that there, for sure, there's, there's a couple that come to mind right away. One is exactly what you're talking about, the like dating and flirting and all of that stuff just being something that she, that I, in many ways, because I, I was uh, diagnosed with childhood leukemia when I was in ninth grade. So that's really, we have like Joanna around 13, I was 15. It's, it's like all of those ages are just like times when you're just like kind of learning how to you know, enter that world of dating and, and all of that stuff. And so, um, I think we thought it was both, um, like we think we thought it was be funny to explore that and sort of like, uh, just true to life that I, you know, I, I think being a teen, you know, missing, missing those teenage years of learning how to, to talk to, to people in a flirty way. And, and, and like, just, I think, you know, in some ways, Joanna is very stunted and is like treating people, how she probably, you know, flirting with people, how she probably sort of would have flirted with them when she was like 13 or 14 or 15. And, um, and that that was something for me, certainly that I, you know, all of my friends were starting to date and everything. And I was sort of like, well, I don't know how to do this. And I still sometimes, well, Jeremy was joking about my co-creator, Jeremy Byler, we were joking about how like we would be working on the show and I would get a text from like a guy about something and I'd like write a response and I'd have to like show it to Jeremy and I'd be like, can I send this? And he'd be like, you're like almost 40, you know, <laughs> but like just the idea or like sending a text. I, one time I sent it, like goes was a friend again, while we're creating the show, like recent and, and, uh, texting a guy and then just like, like, like putting my phone down and like having to run around the room. Like, this is not the way who's <laughs> a full adult acts. But I think because I missed some of that stuff, it's like, it's sort of like, I'm just like, you know, catching up, catching up. And then a lot of the other, uh, one of the other major things that I think Joanna is dealing with because of her illness coming at the time that it did is just kind of having the independence from her parents. I mean, we try and portray her parents as being extremely overprotective and very, um, you know, like, like this sort of having, being in these patterns that they sort of learned when Joanna was sick. But I think there's also a big element of Joanna where she has a hard time being independent of them as much as, you know, because as much as she says to them at the beginning of the pilot that she, 
you know, wants to be, she's not sick anymore. She wants to be independent and all that kind of stuff. She just turns right around and says she's sick again. You know, like, so it's, it's sort of like it, it, you know, I think she knows what she wants to be, but there's a difference between, you know, what she says she wants to be and what she actually truly wants to be. And, and I think it's hard kind of breaking those patterns. Absolutely. You know, and, and even kind of like going back to that moment where, where she's like leaning on the car very awkwardly, there's such great physical comedy that you found for her as a character in terms of just, you know, having this idea of what she should be doing with her body and, and the execution and the follow through, not quite landing a lot of the time right. whether it's, uh, or whether it's, you know, sitting on a box and thinking it's going to be fine. And then it completely, yeah, right, right. um, you know, where did a lot of the physical elements of her as a character in terms of the comedic space, you know, that speaks to her as a character, you know, not being quite sure of what to do with her body come from or, or how did you kind of find that aspect of her? Well, I think we just thought it would be funny for her to be sort of clumsy. I mean, I myself am pretty clumsy. And I think just the idea that like, it is like she, you know, she's sort of learned how to like, um, navigate the world in a way that is like, you know, she's sort of, she's still sort of really learning. And so maybe a lot of her references are things she's seen on TV or in movies. And in that specific scene where she's leaning on the car, I think, you know, she sees Ethan, Jason Schwartzman's character and his, you know, fiance, and they're like kind of making out by a car. So she's like, Oh, cars are, you can act sexy at cars. And that's kind of, that's kind of the only only thing she knows, like kind of going into that scene. And then she tries to like act sexy on a car and it's actually really uncomfortable and hard to do in a, in a, um, in a um, successful way. So I think it's just like a lot of her trying to like mimic things she's seen and, you know, mimic people sort of being, adults and uh and I which I think to an extent a lot of us are doing like I know like you know we we're all sort of a a little bit trying to fake it till we make it and like this is I guess what an adult would do in this situation but she she to a to a much larger extent and I also wanted to talk about the the relationship dynamic between Joanna and then Molly Shannon's character who's you know one of the top sellers in the show but also really beautifully becomes a mentor to her and did you also find that that mentorship relationship between the two of them and having Molly Shannon's character really walk her through you know this is what you do this is how you do it here's some tips here's some advice like here's where the snacks are allowed kind of took away that question of how do we explain a lot of the aspects without exposition? Because now we have a character who's very naturally doing it as part of the story. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I think that it was a great way to have people learn about like this, uh, this environment was to have, you know, Molly, like really her, her character is such a pro in this space that like, it was a great way to kind of like get a lot of that stuff out there. Um, but so it it was, that felt very natural, but it also just was so for me as a person to just get to do scenes with Molly was like, it felt like I was like always taking like an acting workshop or like a, I just talking to her, just how she navigates the world in general is so incredible. And so I just, um, it, there was like a little bit of a like world within a world thing happening where like, you know, my character, always, always kind of idolized her character as a, on a home shopping network. But, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I really loved watching her on SNL and then I got to be on SNL. So there's like a lot of kind of parallels there, but um, just, yeah, I would say that her character really is a great way that people get to see how the world works. But um, I think her real self is a great way that I got to see sort of how the world works. (laughs) 
I mean, it's great because when you look at the when you're in the background of any sort of group ensemble scene with her, I mean, you literally have your mouth practically hanging open in adoration, <laughs> just like completely idolizing her across the room. Was was that kind of like a little bit of a mix of like character and also like you said, you just sitting there being like, I'm just watching an acting class right now. Totally. I mean, because the thing is, Molly is so she's so like deeply funny. I mean, she's also such an incredible actor. Like sometimes she would make me cry, you know, she, but she is like so funny and it was just so, it's just so joyful to watch her work. You know, it's just like, you just want like, I could just watch her forever, you know? So yeah, that is a mix of me. Like, you know, I know my character is very enamored with her, but I'm also very enamored with her. So yeah, it was easy. And when you look at all of the characters, you know, obviously with everything we were talking about, you have Joanna, you know, presenting a version of herself to the world. And then there's the reality of of what goes into that. But you also, you and Jeremy, the creation of these characters have really done that with every single person. You know, it's like, what is it that makes Beth Ann really jealous? It's an insecurity. It's a competitiveness that it's stemming from. It's a need and a drive to succeed. Even Molly's character, you know, is presenting this idea to the world that she's got this great marriage and in the meanwhile, you know, is going through a really tumultuous breakup with her husband and isn't allowed to talk about that on air. And so when you and Jeremy were working on all of these characters individually, um, what were those kind of journeys of, of creating the veneer of a character and then finding who they are once you strip those aspects away for them? Well, yeah, we wanted them to be really, um, like, like I was saying, we wanted them to be really layered and we wanted them to all be kind of on their own journeys. And it's sort of like, it it sort of is like this whole home shopping world is this world where you sort of like tell these stories to sell these products. And these people are all kind of telling these stories to sell themselves. And there is, you know, even a whole storyline, you know, of, of the boss, Patricia, uh, you know, asking people, what are they selling? You know, asking the hosts, what are they selling the audience? Meaning like, how are they selling themselves to the audience? And so um, I think it was important to us that they all feel unique and that they all feel like they're going through their own struggle, but that there's like this sort of unifying factor that they're all sort of not being completely honest with, you know, who they are, uh, because that's just like a really hard thing to do. And, and, um, we felt like that was like a pretty universal thing for most people. One of the things I also love about Joanna in any situation is that she's able to talk herself into something as quickly as she's able to like talk herself out of a situation. Um, And there's a lot of like very fast talking and and you can tell that she's a character who talks faster than she thinks. Um, You know, the the words are five steps ahead of of the thought process and the action. So then you get to kind of see that catch up. Um, And so where did a lot of that stem from from in terms of wanting that to be an aspect of her character? And, And then in particular, even just writing a lot of that dialogue because it's so kind of like thick and heavy and fast flowing and doing so many things at once. Right. Well, that is a little bit how I talk. Like I, I sometimes don't use complete words or sentences. And, and when Jeremy and I worked at SNL together, we, um, we started doing this. I had this, um, character named Don Lazarus, who's a weather woman. And we would, we wrote that together kind of based on the fact that I was always sort of talking in a way that didn't always, you know, I wasn't always using um, complete sentences or real words, et cetera. So, um, so I think that was such a fun thing for us to work on when we were at SNL that we thought it sort of naturally made its way into this show. And um, I think it sort of is a nice fit in this show because again, like these hosts just have to talk and talk and talk and talk. And a lot of times, you know, they accidentally or on purpose, like make up words and they sort of like, 
you know, say half phrases because it's really hard to just talk so much and, um, and always use things that have been officially deemed words or sentences. And I mean, in terms of, of coming from SNL and then creating a show like this, um, you know, SNL is a space where obviously you're putting forward so many ideas and some of them come to fruition, some of them don't, some of them come to fruition and then get dropped at the last minute. And so what did that teach you in terms of value of, of not being precious and not holding on to things, but also knowing when you need to fight for things like the scene where she sits in the box, it sounds like you're running out of time that day, but that was a really important moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's like a real, um, it's, it's interesting because you always want more time. You always want, you know, more, but so I'm learning, this is my first time doing this. I'm, I'm learning, you know, when to fight for things and, and, and what, what things seem the most important. And we're really lucky because our showrunner, Jesse Klein has so much experience with, with narrative shows, especially and and, um, and she also worked at SNL. So she knows the heartbreak that is getting your sketch cut or whatever, you know? So, um, so we sort of learned from her too, like how to sort of decide like what, what things, what things are really worth the time and what things aren't, because you do just have this limited, you know, amount of time that you're filming. And then even, even more heartbreaking sometimes is like, you get the things that, you know, you film all this stuff and then, you know, we only have a half hour for, for the show. So it's like, we can't put everything in and, you know, um, it's, it's really hard, but you, you sort of, the more, the more we did it, the easier it got for me because I was seeing more and more levels of like how, how much I, how much I felt like we needed something or not, but yeah, falling in the box, we were like, very like, this has to happen. <laughs> and, um, both, well, we, we got like one take of it and we were both like, so happy that we got it, Jeremy and I, cause we were like, she, this, this physical comedy, we got to get it. And, um, and thank goodness, um, it worked and I didn't, get hurt and I um, didn't start laughing at least right away. <laughs> And one of the other aspects with SNL is whenever you have a sketch that you write or you pitch that gets on air, you're also then, you know, working on the costumes, the hair, the makeup, you know, it's, it's not just, oh, now you're performing in the sketch. You're working with a lot of the other actors as well. And were there moments where you realize that you, you know, you were saying just now that this is your first time doing this in terms of creating a full narrative show, but were there a lot of skills that you realized that you kind of naturally already had from that, that version of going through it with so many sketches over the years? Yes, totally. I think um, the way that they give you that freedom at SNL to kind of um, come up with, you know, if your sketch gets in to, to help as, exactly as you said, with the set and the wardrobe and everything. I think that really was a helpful thing that I, um, you know, it, it's it's more, I, I found it overwhelming when I started at SNL because I was like, I don't know exactly what I, you know, and then you start to learn how to like, really envision what you want for the different sketches and, and you learn how to do that. And then this is, this is that, but you know, the, the decisions are a lot more permanent because they're not just for a sketch or whatever, but, um, but that really was helpful. It was like a, a, you know, a lot of, a lot of the skills I feel like that I learned at SNL really translated and, um, and that being a, a really big one of them is just, is just really having a vision for like every part of a scene and, and the characters and everything. On the other end, on the other end of that same spectrum, what were some of the aspects in terms of creating and producing a show for the first time that you realized that even with all your experience on set and various productions and seeing other people in, in this sort of role that you just kind of can't really be prepared for until you're on that side, until you're doing it yourself? 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I think until we were shooting, I, you know, first of all, you, you just never know how long it's going to take to film something because there's so many factors have to come together, particularly like something that's outside because like the weather's really hard to control. And you, you know, we'd have like, they had these like shade things that they'd have to put up if the sun was a certain, like stuff that like, I'm like, will people really notice if the sun looks different in the, and they will, they will. That's why that's not my job. But so, but like, there were so many elements that like, you just can't control. So it's like, I wouldn't have known that like, you know, we had to sometimes cut full scenes or we had to, cut, you know, come up with like reasons why, like without this, this whole exchange, a scene would still make sense or whatever. And so there's a lot of stuff on the fly, which to be honest, that happens at SNL too, but it's just, it's, it feels different when it's for something that you're going to like, that's not live. And it's for something that you're going to like have to edit later. And so you have to think about like, when I'm in the editing room and like how, however many weeks, how is that going to affect, you know, all of it? So it's, it's, um, it, I think that what I really learned a lot about was just like the filming process that you sort of always have to leave more time and that you sort of never have enough time either way. So, um, that was a real learning curve for me. I mean, well, I really love everything about season season one that you and Jeremy and the rest of the team have created. And thank you so much for, for talking all about the show. I really appreciate it, Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.